Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and will be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Welcome back, my friends. When I decided to take a podcast break to rest, reset, and reboot for the month of August, I had no idea what was coming. But God is a God of details and knew that I would be needing to rest when I got the coronavirus. I'm so grateful that I scheduled this rest into my August because I didn't know how much I would need it. Whew, wee, shooey, guys. But I'm so glad to be back with you for a new season of women sharing their stories of encouragement, hope, and spurring us on in our daily lives. Let's do this, y'all. Today's guest is wife, mom, author, and funny lady, Sophie Hudson. Sophie started writing her blog called Boo Mama in November of 2005 and has since launched a podcast with writing buddy Melanie Schenkel. Sophie has written many books where she shares stories from her life in a charming way to share encouragement and hope with fellow believers. She lives with her husband and son in Birmingham, Alabama, and Sophie loves watching football, loves to laugh, and loves music and Netflix. Right out of the gate, I asked Sophie to share about her latest love of some pajamas from Walmart, and yes, I did wear them throughout most of my time at home with Corona. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Sophie Hudson. Well, welcome to the podcast, Sophie. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. I've wanted to have you on the podcast ever since I started podcasting. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Well, I have read all your books. I have them sitting right here. I've read them all. I love them all. I love your sense of humor. You have Thank the you. best sense of humor. I'm like, Thank yes. You. And um, we have some connections with people that we, uh, that, know each other and um and you have listened to your podcast with melanie and sometimes travis cottrell um and so i just i i love you and i've seen you heard you in person and i am i'm such a fan so thanks for coming oh well thanks for having me i'm really happy to be with y'all and i love any i love connections i love the whole thing where it's not even really six degrees of separation. It's more like, you know, yes, two, three tops. And so I love finding those things. My yeah. brother who lives in Memphis is actually the same way. Last night, his, their neighborhood, they've been sitting outside together at night all through quarantine. And last night he mentioned the school where one of the, the, his neighbor's daughters goes. And I was like, Oh, one of my girls from school goes there. And listen, within an hour he was back and like, Oh yes, they know each other and they're in the same sorority. And like, Crazy. I don't know. There's something about that that's super fun. It is. It's super fun. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Well, before we even get started, we need to talk about something real important. Okay. We need to talk about secret treasures from Walmart. 
we're going to have to talk about it. It's the best. I was thinking today, just a little bit ago, I was walking and I was, I was thinking about the pajama shorts from Secret Treasures and how like, I have three pair and I was, and I really was thinking, do I need to go back and get some more? Cause it's summer and it's hot. So that means other people may discover them and, and they may run out. And so yes. I would like, I, I would like to have as many options as I can. They're so soft. <laughs> But here's what I really love about them. I mean, I've really thought about it. What I love about the Secret Treasure sh pajama shorts in particular mm -hmm. is that the legs are a little wider because there is nothing worse than having mm. on a pair of pajama shorts and getting tangled, mm. Mm. you know, yeah. when no you're sleeping. Tangling. And so yes. the, the legs are a little wider and they just, I don't know, they're fantastic. They are. I love them. I remember hearing you on your podcast and I was like, Secret Treasures, I know that brand. I go to mm -hmm. Walmart. It's and a I, terrible name. Let's be honest. It, <laughs> it's a ter it's a terrible name. It's, I would have loved to have been on that brainstorming session. I feel like we could have done better. I feel like even if we just <laughs> called it like a name, if we just called it like, uh, uh, I don't know, the Mildred collection or something, <laughs> that would have been better than Secret Treasures. It sounds, treasures. sounds it, sketchy. It sounds very sketchy. Mm -hmm. But it but I went and I just went and just just touched them all. They are so soft. They're and so soft. Comfy. So I have yeah. some shorts. They have like a bright like lemon stripe on the side. I'm like, they're so cute. So mm -hmm. I'm probably gonna get more, but we just needed to talk about that. We yeah, needed they're to they're just amazing. So well here's the thing is you could go buy pajamas somewhere expensive yes. or you could go to Walmart and you could get mm -hmm. a pair for $11.99 and change your whole life today. So I don't I know mean, why you wouldn't change your whole life for $11.99. And they have pickup, pickup grocery delivery. I mean, they have pickup. And so maybe you just put one of those in the cart and it's fine. Right. Call it a day. Call mm -hmm. it a day. Anyway. Listen, bring them to your cart. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. um, they're fabulous. So thank you for that suggestion. Cause You're I so went welcome. straight and went there. Um, but let's move into your story. I want to hear about it. I, uh, no, you had a dream of working in a publishing house, which that sounds super exciting. It really does. It sounds like fun. Um, and then you moved into teaching and then right. writing uh, for your blog called mm -hmm. uh, Boo Mama. And I love that your subtitle is tens of people uh, read by tens of people every single day. Right. I remember reading that years ago when I first started reading blogs and I just giggled out loud. I was like, um, it's not tens of people, but I love that she said that. Like, so cute. it was at the beginning. It was, I don't even know if it was 10 at the beginning. So, but, uh, I mean, you have a huge, huge following now and, uh, rightly so, but tell me how it started with your dream of working in that publishing house and then moving to teaching and then blogging. Tell me kind of how it started. The publishing thing was just, I've loved, I've always loved to edit. I love to edit. I love to read other people's papers. I loved, um, when I was in college to have a draft of something and to go through it. Like I love that whole process. And I was like, well, how can I do this? And so the only way I could think of to do that was to go be maybe an editor. Like I just wanted to use a red pen all day back when we <laughs> edited everything with pen. Yeah. And then when I was in grad school, my um, assistantship in grad school was I taught freshman comp one and two. And over the course of doing that, I was like, oh, I really do like this. And you kind of got to use the red pen when you would grade papers and all that. <laughs> yeah. So I just decided I was, I've never been a risk taker. I've never been like, it would have been almost unthinkable for me just to like pick up and move to New York and try to work at a publishing house mm -hmm. after college. And so, um, so, but I, I really did love to teach. And so, uh, um, I got a job as a high school teacher and that in itself was kind of a long 
journey because it took me a long time to get a job as an English teacher. But after David and I moved here to Birmingham, which was 20 years ago, and I, I started to work as like a full-time English teacher, um, it was only about five years after that, maybe six, when I just needed some kind of outlet. Like I just, I just needed a place to put my thoughts. At that point, I think our son was probably one and a half, two maybe. And, um, you know, you just realize that you never hear anything either. Like at the time I was just listening to a lot of veggie tales, uh, you know, I just needed a chance to process things kind of in a different way. So, um, I started a blog and, and, but even when I started the blog, I, I had no desire or ambition to write a book at all. I didn't think that was anything I could do. And I couldn't fathom that I could write a book doing the kind of writing that I love the most, which is like a personal essay. Mm-hmm. So it was really just a progression over time. And it was the, it's been the weirdest sort of um, nonsensical path. Like if, if you were to map it out, you would go, this makes no sense at all. The sequence <laughs> of events. This is ridiculous. Um, but somehow, I, I don't know, just kind of doing the next thing and the next thing and the next mm-hmm. thing. The whole reason Melanie and I ever started a podcast is because David heard us talking on the phone and he said, y'all should talk, y'all should start a podcast. Y'all laugh a bunch. So it's just stuff like that. I don't know. It's just kind of doing the next thing. Never a goal, never a strategy. I'm terrible at that stuff. Um, <laughs> and, um, and just kind of trusting the Lord because I'm also not somebody who likes to stick my neck out a lot in terms of doing new things. I don't like to be presumptuous to assume that anybody would want to listen to me on a podcast or read a book that I've written. So, um, there were times when I, you know, I feel like I, whatever the next thing was that I did, I did it with a whole lot of fear and convinced really that it was going to be the thing, um, that completely blew up in my face. Mm. So, um, I've kind of gotten over that part of it a little bit, but still it was just, if I had, if you had asked me when I was 20 or 21, so what's, you know, what's the, the, the bulk of your adult life going to look like? It would not this, I'll tell you that. Wow. wow. Well, and I think that makes you so charming to us is that you are just like, you know, you, there's no presumption that, like you said, to read your book, like that's what's so charming about you that we love, but it's so cool how God just blows us away. He blows us I away. It's so when I was 17, I was at a church camp. I grew up in Mississippi and um, my youth group went to Camp Sumatonga, which is up, I think around, I think it's Gadsden and um, here in Alabama. And we went to this retreat every year called Breakthrough. And one year I was at Breakthrough and a woman who was actually in youth ministry in Memphis was one of the leaders. And she kind of took us through how Ephesians 3.20 had become very meaningful to her over the course of her college life. And there was something about it, like I remember going home and thinking, I want a Bible with the exact translation of Ephesians 3.20 that she read. Mm -hmm. And um, what I didn't know was, I think it was in the NIV. I think it was NIV. But anyway, um, so I went home and I got it. And that verse was just something I kind of clung to, even in times Mm -hmm. of my life where you might have looked at my life and gone, I don't. I don't know where she and the Lord are right now. Um, I still always had that verse in the back of my head. And so when I look at kind of the, the wild, unexpected stuff that um, has happened over the last 10 or 15 years, I'm like, well, that, you know, that's Ephesians 3.20. That's what the Lord does. He just, 
is always in the business of immeasurably more, but sometimes we have to step outside of our comfort zones to experience it. And so I think um, that in and of itself has been instructive to me. Hmm. Well, I love that verse. And I love that you said you have to step out. And that kind yeah. of goes into your new book that has come out. We are speaking four days before it comes out, right? which is so exciting. But then this is going to air in August. And so it has been out. And so I love the title that it is stand all the way up. And so since you're talking about taking a step out, um, you see that? See how fluid that was? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, it never That's happens. What you call a segue, everybody. <laughs> On an Instagram post recently, you were talking about your book, Stand All the Way mm -hmm. Up, and you had gone through uh, losing your mom and you had broken your foot. I mean, there was a lot going on. Yeah. You, you were writing books like all like back to back. Like I can't right. imagine. That's like right. a lot. And so um, you said, this is what you said. You said, what I have found is that the commitment to stand up for myself by investing in my physical health every day tends to be tends to quiet the negative mm -hmm. and you put in parentheses mean internal dialogue. So yeah. tell us about your book and where this quote really fits in to what the book has to share with us. One of the things I realized after mama died, I think one of the places there's something about a big change like that in your life. I think that, that kind of compels you to be brutally honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I realized I say this in the book, but I had sort of transitioned from maybe I need to get into better shape to like, oh, we're at a whole new level of broke down. Like this is not good. I had broken my foot. I had this rash on my legs that my dermatologist couldn't seem to figure out. My, my resting heart rate could propel a small engine. Like it was just... I was just in a really bad place, which, which for me is probably a good indicator that I'm also not in a great space in my head because I had so much unresolved um, grief and sadness about mama's dementia and some other stuff, you know, just it all kind of was a little bit of a pile on. And yeah. so I think seeing that mama who always really took great care of herself, um, seeing how she died she couldn't have, she, not that she could have prevented it necessarily, but just, it just made me mindful. Like there's just not a whole lot of time left, mm. you know, as much as I still feel like I'm 27 and all that kind of stuff, there's just not a whole lot of time yet. And I need to do a better job of taking care of myself. I write about the long version of that in the book, but I think like so many women, there's something about the commitment to, to take care of your physical body. And I'm not, I'm not talking about trying to be a size double zero. Right. I'm just talking about trying to move every day, mm -hmm. trying to be mindful about what you put in your body, that kind of stuff. Um, we will just decide that we don't have time to think about that because we're, we're tending to so many other people. Yeah. And a big, a big epiphany for me in the, in the months after mama's death was that I had to prioritize that. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be somebody's after picture but it means that I need to tend to myself in such a way that I have the energy to, to live the life that God has called me to live. And so I didn't think of that as at the time of like, well, I'm going to stand up for myself. Uh -huh, right. <laughs> but, but over, but over a period of time, over a couple of years of commitment to that, I realized how it had changed my life. Mm. And that's a, it's a, it's not, you know, a, a super big shift to take 30 or 45 minutes a day 
to go for a long walk or whatever. But, but after you do it over a period of time and you see what a difference it makes in your life, it feels a little bit like a revolution. You know, it feels like you've really done something huge. And ultimately I think because you have, you know, to stand up for yourself and to, to, to not be afraid to take yourself off the back burner, which Mm. is where I think it's probably the easiest place in the world for us as women to live sometimes. Absolutely. And that, I agree. I totally think that we just think that that's, you know, going to be self, you know, we're self-serving and if we do that, but, but it really, I mean, it's the whole thing. Like if you don't get poured up, you have nothing Mm -hmm. to give anyone else. Like you don't. So I, I think a lot of women, I think every woman will, can relate to that in a huge Mm -hmm. way. And so I love that, you know, the title of your book really goes along with that too. And any, many other ways. So tell me what was the best part about writing it, um, with, you know, with the thought of stand all the way up. I love it. The best part of writing it, oh gosh, I think honestly, there are places in every book, I think, where you realize, um, okay, I don't know where this is going. Um, I'm not sure how to get out of this chapter. I'm not sure where I thought this chapter was going. Mm -hmm. And then you stop and you pray through it and you ask the Lord for help and all that. And then somehow it just all comes together. Mm -hmm. And the last two chapters of this book were like that for me, where I was not exactly sure where I was going when I started them. I knew there was something there I wanted to say. I knew I wanted to try to say it in a way that was not self-righteous or preachy, but just some things that had been really heavy on my heart. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of specific places where I literally clapped out loud for the Lord, like, because it was yeah. like, all of a sudden it was like, boop, boop, boop. I got it, you know, and so um, that was really fun because a lot of times you enter into Melanie, my friend I podcast with, um, who's one of my best friends. um, We always say sometimes you start to write and you you don't know, is this a, is this really a book chapter? Is this a book? Is this Mm. a blog post? Maybe this is an Instagram (laughs) post and I'm making more of it than it needs. Perhaps this is a tweet. (laughs) And uh, um, so to, to go through sort of the, the, the long process of writing a book. And this one took me longer than the other ones have. It took me really? a couple of years okay. um, to, to get into that and then to see, Oh, I believe the Lord really has made something clear to me that I can put on this piece of paper. Hmm. That's a really sweet thing. And that's probably the most fun because that's completely out of your control. You know, you mm. can't, you can't demand it. You can't, you don't even necessarily know exactly what you're asking for. You just, you are desperate for the epiphany and, and the Lord is the only, the one who can give it. So that for me with this book was the biggest blast. What ways has God been the lifter of your head, especially during that time? How has he just kept you in his hand, the palm of his hand. Cause we know from scripture, he will keep us in the palm of his hand. He is the lifter right. of our head. Tell me, how did he do that for you? Yeah. That question actually came out of something when mama had, we found out after the fact she had a massive stroke and she was completely paralyzed on her left side. And so I was in Tupelo when I found out that she had gone into ICU and I drove to Meridian to my hometown And, um, and so when I got to go back to see her in ICU, it was just real evident 
that she was struggling. And so um, anyway, daddy ended up leaving me back there with her for a few minutes by myself. And all I could think to say to her in that moment, I didn't know if she could hear me or not, but all I, all I could think to say to her was mama, he holds you in the palm of his hand. Hmm. He holds you in the palm of his hand. And so there were, there were some really sweet things that happened um, when she passed away that I write about in the book. And I think that, that one thing the Lord reminded me of after all of that, well, there were lots of things, um, but I think one way that he was the lifter of my head was through the body of Christ. Um, you know, when you go through something difficult and ever, listen, everybody experiences loss. It's not like, you know, we were the first people to ever go through. This is, this is minute by minute, you know, in, in so many lives. Um, but the way the body of Christ surrounded us and loved us and um, ministered to us and cared for us. And um, I just, I don't know that I'll ever get over it because you do in so many ways feel, um, you, you feel so much emotion that it's hard to process in the moment. And so to have people around you who are anticipating what you need and um, kind of thinking for you and all that kind of stuff was just the sweetest thing. Um, and so, and that again, you know, was, that's not an uncommon um, experience for people, but it was just really a, um, a, a, a very meaningful one for us. So there was that body of Christ. And, um, I think just that whole process of mama being in ICU, the Lord was very faithful to remind me, um, that ultimately as much as you want your people with you and as much as, um, golly, that would have been sweet for some miraculous healing, you know, on this side of heaven, that ultimately what we want for the people we love is for them to be whole and free. Mm. And so what I was able to remember um, that when mama was in the hospital and then after she passed away, I, I just like, we prayed that she would be whole and free. And then to be able to say after she died, but she's whole and free, like how can, that is so comforting. And so I think sometimes when I would get sad, <laughs> I feel like the Lord would remind me she's whole and she's free. And that, mm. I, that would lift my head a little bit, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't, um, argue with the fact that that's the better deal. Mm, so, absolutely. The better deal. Mm. Well, and I love how you, you mentioned that and that's so precious that you said that to her like that makes me so teary like how <laughs> precious you know um and and i love how you honor her on i mean even if something fun like insta stories you honor her on weta wednesdays tell Listen. us about when did weta wednesdays okay so weta wednesday my mama's name was weta and it. here's what's interesting to me i've thought about this a lot lately lately mama and i were really different um, mama was very, she was much more soft-spoken than I am. She was, she, there was nowhere she wanted to be. Like if, if you gave her the choice to be anywhere in the world at any given point in time, she wanted to be in her house. Mm -hmm. She loved to keep house. She loved to clean house. She loved to be in her kitchen. She liked to cook. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am a little bit more of a firecracker. And so sometimes that was hard for us to understand okay, one sure. another, you know, and mama was super patient. That is not my superpower. Um, so we were, we were really different. Yeah. So, but what I found was after, after mama died, um, when I would get in the kitchen, it would be almost like I could hear her voice. 
So one night, I don't know, a, a couple of months ago at the beginning of quarantine, I realized that I was cooking a lot of the stuff that she used to cook for us, mm-hmm. which is just comfort food, you know? And, um, so one night, just for whatever reason, I don't, I don't really know why I just thought, I don't, I'm going to make this Mexican cornbread on Instagram. We were all kind of, I don't know. We were all a little out of our minds for entertainment. I feel like yes, anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I made the Mexican cornbread on Instagram and a friend of mine said after the fact, you should do that every week. You should call it We to Wednesday and just cook Love one it. of her recipes. And so it has been so fun. Now, some of the stuff I've made and thought, I'm not doing that again. I, okay. I'm not, I'm fried okra, I love you. Yes. But you but, do a lot of work. And that uh, is an offering. Um, <laughs> that, is not, that is not for the weeknight. And I, I you know, I, I don't fry okra a whole lot, but golly, yeah. that night, mm. I feel like I fried okra for three hours. So, <laughs> So, but it's been so fun. And here's the thing. My mama would be so tickled by it. I mean, like, because technology blew her mind anyway. And I have heard her just in my, you know, imagined her saying, Sophie, you don't mean that people watch these recipes. I can't even believe that. I don't even, I don't even understand. (laughs) What do you mean? People watch you make my recipes. So, So um, but she loved home. And she loved hospitality and she was good at it. Um, and so I think she would be so tickled to know. That, I mean, like, like I have thought, what if mama could be on one of these way to Wednesdays and listen, she'd go get her hair done. She'd have that makeup, right? Perfect. Yes. She would have her a color coordinated ensemble on and she would sit in the back while I cooked like a queen. Yes. So she would love it. I love that. I love that. I enjoy um, watching them. And then I enjoy, I made some, a dish that you made. It was the chicken where you put, what was it? It was the chicken, but then not cordon bleu. It was the chicken. chicken divan. Yes. Chicken divan. It mm-hmm. was great. My husband, who is mm-hmm. picky, picky. Love him, but he's picky. And he said, we, we should add this into the rotation. I'm like, oh, good. So it was delicious. It was great. I'm so, so glad. That I was just, one of mama's favorites. Oh, uh, it was great. It was really good. So I appreciate that. And, and so sweet that that is a precious memory you have of her. And then you're carrying her legacy on and showing people and just honoring her. And I just, I love that you named it Way to Wednesday. That's precious. Well, you know, I think that, I think her generation of women and my mother-in-law belongs to the same generation. Mm-hmm. Um, women who are currently in their mid to late seventies on into their eighties and early nineties, we're, we're not going to get a generation like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, w- women who were children during the depression, mm-hmm. um, they have, uh, my experience at least has been that they have a, um, I don't want to use the word reverence because that maybe is a little too serious, but they have an appreciation for um, taking care of people mm. and for the, just the, the ways that we can love people just by being present in their lives that I think we would do well to sort of pick up and carry on. And so um, so it's fun to to think of the ways that mama used to do that for us and then, you know, just pass it on a little bit. I like it. I like it a lot. Where uh, can people find you? Um, on Instagram at bmama205, on Facebook at bmama. I missed the, the class where you learn for all your <laughs> social media things to match up. So sorry, everybody. It's fine. Um, and then my blog is bmama and that's, but that's mainly just now where I post 
podcast episodes and that kind of stuff. So okay. Don't do a lot of writing there. And check out We Do Wednesdays on Wednesdays on your Insta oh, yeah. stories because that's, that's right. the best. Thank um, you. Okay. So let's do Eat, Read, Love real fast. What are you okay. eating? What are you reading? And what are you loving? Okay. Eating right now, I'm obsessed with these little breakfast sandwiches, these little open face breakfast sandwiches that we've been making during quarantine. Well, okay. I've been making. Okay. It's a piece of croissant bread from Publix, which is like a little tiny piece of bread, but it's just right mm -hmm. um, with a little bit of cream cheese on top and then bacon and a fried egg. It's delicious. Yes, I'll try that. It's really like the perfect breakfast because it's lots of protein, just a little carb, just a little uh -huh. carb. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and some, some tang and some fat from a little bit of cream cheese is good. Yes. I'm going to do that. That sounds awesome. Yay. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are you reading? Um, right now, All Things Reconsidered by Knox McCoy, my friend yes. who does the podcast with Knox and Jamie. Mm -hmm. And he is such a gifted writer that he makes me want to quit. And that's <laughs> really the kindest thing I could say about that. And there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of overlap and some dovetailing with my, with my new book and Knox's book. And so that's fun because okay. like, so for the Lord to kind of put somebody, you know, in a similar spot, mm. feels a little bit like relief. I don't know how to describe it. So, okay. um, but he's a fantastic writer. Awesome. Okay. What are you loving these days? Um, I'm loving my walks. Uh, mm. Even though it's gotten hotter, like today, it's a little unseasonably cool. There was a great breeze. Um, it was not, you know, like the surface of the sun outside. So that was nice. Not quite as humid. Yeah. But I really am loving. Um, I was always, I say always for the last few years, I have been mostly a treadmill walker. Okay. And then last summer I started walking outside more and I love it. I don't think I can go back to the treadmill for a long period of time now. Okay. Love it. It is life giving to me. And mm -hmm. I like watching the trees fill in and then the whole thing, the green. Yes. Mm -hmm. So walks are a big thing. Also, I would add to that list, um, Ben Platt's Netflix special. He does a version of Take Me to the Pilot by Elton John that I have listened to multiple times every day for the last two weeks. So, I heard about that on your late, uh, on your I podcast. Can, yeah. <laughs> my husband just laughs now when he walks in the room and I have it on. I love, and, and it's, it's just, uh, it's nostalgia from the seventies from uh -huh. the, you know, an old Elton John song, but it's Ben Platt's amazing voice. And his background singers are another level. So Okay. I'm going to have to tune in. I've heard oh, you talk about it. I'm going to have to tune in. <laughs> you can listen That's to awesome. a recording of the song on YouTube. You could just, okay. it's just, it's something else. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Sophie. This was so fun. So fun. Thank you for having me. I've loved being with y'all. This was great. And I can't wait to share your story with everybody and uh, for everybody to go follow you. I'm sure they already are following you, but to get your book that is out now and can't wait. So thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Rian. It was good to be with you. Thank you for joining me for this conversation today with Sophie Hudson. I hope that you were encouraged, and I would love to know if you listened. Screenshot this episode, tag Sophie and me on Instagram, and I would love to give you a shout out. Next time, I will be talking about living in an intergenerational household with Isabel Tom. Until next time, remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.